beautiful blue sky. And we continue, we embark on another week of Derech Hashem. In the middle of some very hot stuff of your hot topics, big stuff, big topics. And the week of Purim. We got Purim coming up, Tainus Esther, Shushan Purim. So much packed into this week. Let us pack some Derech Hashem in as well. So we are in Chalik Bey's Perik Dalad, Simon Gimel. Towards the end of Gimel. Gimel's a long paragraph here. In, in Gimel, we had the Ramchal's exposition on the development of mankind, how mankind develops, and everything that went into the current um, state of affairs as we see it, in which we have Kleis on everybody else, which is Jews and Gentiles, which is Yidin and Gayim, which is Ben Yisrael La'amim, where did all that come from? So we're finally moving into that final piece of, of, the, uh, of the puzzle over here, putting the whole picture together. Ramchal built up towards uh, what we're going to see this morning by telling us that other Rishon exists in two states. There's other Rishon before the Chait and other Rishon after the Chait. And even those two states have two sub-states within other Rishon after the Chait. So the other, there's other Rishon before he sins, which he's unrecognizable to us, totally different existence, totally different type of humanity before he sins. And then there's Adamishan after he sins. And in Adamishan post-fate, post-chate, post-sin, we have to distinguish between Adamishan after the chate, where there is hope, and Adamishan after the chate, where there is no hope. Adamishan after he sins, where he can return to where he was before he sinned, and Adamishan after he sins, where he cannot get back there any longer. He's stuck. He's Adamishan in his state of failure in a state of downfall, without hope, without the ability to rectify things. That's the two sub-states of Arishan Lacharchet, where he can make a tikkun, where he cannot make a tikkun. And Ramchal told us that all of humanity was really eligible, was eligible to become that Arishan after the sin. All humanity was eligible. All of humanity was able to pull this off. Anyone in existence after Arishan sins is capable of making that decision that I want to be Adam Rishon after the Chait, but who can return to before the Chait. And what does that mean? How, how do you return to before the Chait state? How do you get back to that state? So we know what that means. That was the whole first section of the Sefer. And, 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 and uh, everything the Ramchal, the groundwork the Ramchal laid for us till now, what does it mean to return to that state of grace before the fall? It means to be someone whose neshama is being nourished every minute, every hour, every waking moment in this world. It means someone who all of his actions are geared towards shleimus. It means someone who all of his bechira is with that mindset, with that goal of, of allowing the spirituality to guide the physicality, let the neshama be in charge of the guf. It means being someone who, my, my, my yearning, my passion is dveikus, connection, and one is with my maker, and that sets me up in, well, gives me all the potential energy, the potential um, positioning in this world to be ready in the next world, to actualize all that, to set it all into motion, uh, being a spirituality whose physicality is there just to contain the spirituality, etc. That's what it means to be Shaykh to Adamishan, to make that, to be eligible for that tikkun, to be eligible for that repair means if it's someone of such an existence, but that requires a high-level neshama. That requires a neshama that is in potential form 
constantly getting closer to its maker, constantly getting closer to its creator, that requires a neshama that has that bechira that affects me, that affects the world, everything that we discussed in the first section. It requires such a makeup. Everyone in humanity had the capability of, of being in such a state. And, and, and let's up the ante a little bit. It really was in such a state. Everyone in humanity had the ability to make a repair to that chait. Everyone after Adam Harishon was able to do that. So how come nowadays we don't see that anymore? So as we saw, HaKadosh Baruch Hu drew a line there in the sand. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, here's the point of no return. I'm going to have patience, but I'm not going to have infinite patience. I'm going to give mankind a chance, but I'm not going to give him a chance forever. The chance is only meaningful if there comes a point that, that he has to make the decision by. And that was the Migdal Bavel, the Tower of Bavel. The Tower of Bavel was... The point of no return, that line of the sand where HaKadosh Baruch Hu said the buck stops here. Whoever is going to come to that era on my side is going to be a member of that nation that is going to go into eternity, that is going to have that supercharged neshama that can affect themselves, that can affect the world, that can affect humanity and can bring them into Eilam Haba. And whoever chooses not to do so is going to be locked in to a state of failure to a state of downfall, to without the ability to connect to before the chayt, without the ability to make the repair. This was the line that was drawn in the sand, the Migdal bubble, and here's where the Rebbein Shalai of Humanity says, if you're not with me, you're against me. This is what happened over here. And that's what we're up to. Let's continue with that. Very dramatic point here in the Ramchal. So let's see. We are, we are, again, Chayl Beis, Perek Dalad, Simon Gimel, I believe you are up to Vaz. Yes, is that correct? A little before that, a little after that. Maybe Vikivan. Let's go back to Vikivan just in case we stopped over there. Vikivan shin is malisa awesome shalabrias. When when the measure got all filled up, meaning when Hashem's patience finally ran out, when we hit that that line that Hashem drew. That they have to that by this point, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's the it's the um, moment of truth, the final time for that fatal decision that mankind has to make. in the time of the dispersal, That's when Hakadosh Baruch Hu decided, had had been decided that this is the end of the road for man to d- make the decision if he's going to be, and we saw this last time also, someone who could be a shayrish, someone that could be a a um, a root, a, a root particle, a source particle, a, a an av, a progenitor, someone that would be able to create a dynasty, create a legacy, and have everyone that descends from him follow suit in his decision, make such a high-level executive decision that everybody that he would produce would be a part of that decision. I.e., again, translated, we spoke to that last time. We have the ability going into the Doraf Laga to say, Hashem, I'm on your side. Hashem, I'm on your team. I want to be part of that vision. I want to be part of that plan. I want to be mankind that takes this world and takes themselves into eternity. And whoever would make that decision, that would be a decision that would not only affect themselves, it would affect all their children. All their progeny would be would be raised and would be born into a, that legacy because that would be the decision that I would be making. A decision for myself and for all my descendants. Kitzam Shaladvarim, and the 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 end result of of this of this uh, moment of truth would be 
Shikva Masharoy Likova Vivina Sasharashim. Akash Baruch at that point, the, the end result, the end point of all this is at that point in time, at that point in history, everyone it will be established what the Sharashim will look like and the, what the Anofim will look like. What the 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 uh, ancestors and the descendants will look like the progenitors and the progeny. Based on the state that everybody finds himself in and has put themselves in at that moment in time, at that critical juncture where Hashem says now it's 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 now or never. That's when everyone will be locked in to one position or the other. At that point, at the time of the Migdal Bubble, the time of the Tower of Bubble. Kosh Baruch Hu takes stock of humanity, looks down at humanity. As it says there in Nayach, Hava Nerido, let's go descend, let's go check it out, let's go see what's going on. Hashem saw all the various positions, all the various elevations and statues that people possibly could have reached in, in from Adam up until that point. And Hashem established each one in the state and in the position that he reached as a shoyrish. Every member of humanity at that point in time, based on what he was doing with himself, that became his shoyrish, his uh, elemental makeup that would will now affect all of his descendants. Now we're not just talking about one person, one nation, uh, being shaped this way, we're talking about multiple people becoming multiple nations. So we see where he's going with this. Based on where all these elemental people, fundamental and source people, shirish people, root people, had established themselves, you might see him told us that's what their offspring are going to look like as well. Based on what was appropriate for that shirish. We have now many different types of spins, species, and specifics, specifications in the world. Each one according to his principles, each one according to his nature, each one according to his functioning. All these different segments of humanity, based on where he was holding personally at that moment of truth. Each one specialized and individualized like the different species that we see in the animal world. And now their offspring are going to be like them. But wherever wherever they were holding, wherever they had built, they, they, they had established and planted themselves, that now becomes locked in as their uh, characteristics, as their in, in, in individualized um, appearance over here, and all of their descendants are going to look the same way. And this happens in many different facets, in many different aspects. Obviously, the Ramchal is referring to the... Shivim Umais, the 70 nations of the world. That's what he's referring to over here. He's going to reveal that. So soon this is when we're going to have the big reveal. But that's clearly where he's going with this. That this moment of truth, where we had the ability to make that decision, are you with Hashem? Are you against Hashem? Are you going to be part of that plan to get humanity back to pre-chet, to make a tikkun, to repair and rectify? And if you do so, you make a decision for you and all of your descendants. If you make that decision, you're deciding for yourself... And it's such a high-level decision, it's going to be for all your sense. Or you're going to be on the other side of the fence, not be a part of that. and But still you're going to be now a shayush for Anof, and you're going to be an Afra told us. You're going to be 
a creator that's going to create a legacy and have descendants that are going to come from you. And that's going to be based on what you look like, not as that person who is going to make a repair to automation. There were 70 of those, 70 different distinct individual spins on the rest of humanity, and each one of them became the father of a nation. Each one became his own father to his own nation. All these 70 different spins, even though there's 70 of them, 70 individualized, specified, personalized, um, different types of people that now will produce 70 different nations. Each one is different. What unites them, the common element, the common denominator that all have in common is what? Is the fact <coughs> that none of them are now eligible to get back to Adamishan before the Chet. None of them are shy to that. None of them can return mankind to a state of repair, to a state of grace. They're all locked into a fallen, failed state of mankind, a fallen and failed functioning. They're all locked into that, each one of the 70. So they all have their own different spin and personality and characteristics and traits. And their knech, and there's 70 different knechs over here, but what unites all of them is none of them can get back to automation before the chet. This is the gayim. They can never reach that point in time before the chet. One nation emerged that was able to do that, and that says the Ramchal, immediately, Avram, exclusively and only from all the nations, was the one that was chosen from his actions and who was raised above everybody else. He was chosen, he was selected, because he was the only one that said, Hashem, I'm with you. He made his own personal Nasev and Ishma, so to speak. He made his own personal um, ha- recognition, recognition, acknowledgement of Kaddish Baruch Hu. He made his own personal allegiance with Hashem. He was chosen, therefore, to be this lofty and prestigious tree that will now produce branches and shoots and leaves and twigs that everything that comes from Avram Avinu is part of the legacy of Avram Avinu. Everything that Avram Avinu produces is going to be like Avram Avinu in that what? What separates? What's the critical factor that separates now Avram Avinu from the 70 nations at the time of the Migdal Bavo? That he can return to him and his descendants to Adamishan before the failure, before the fall. He's the only one that can do that now. Because he chose to be on Hashem's side. He chose to make his neshama his primary driving force. He chose morals. He chose values. He chose Hashem's morals, Hashem's values. That's the most important point over here. He chose Hashem's guidance and Hashem's truth as the only truth. That being done, his bechira is now cosmic bechira. His actions have cosmic consequences and he is capable of of entering Adam Haba, and he bequeaths that legacy now to all his descendants because he became that Shirish, he became that Elon. And the way things work is when you make a high level decision, that is a decision that's being made for eternity for all of your descendants. Avram Vinu is the only one that emerges on the other side of the finish line. Everybody else doesn't cross the finish line, gets stuck in the quicksand. 70 different little pools of quicksand, each with their, with their own individuality with their own spin, but none of them cross the finish line. Avram, the only one that crosses it, and the one that says, my job is to get into Elam Haba, my job is to bring the world to its tikkun, my job is to reveal the oneness, the truth, and the 
primacy of Hashem to this world. Avram is the one that is now, even though, yes, Avram's existence currently is post-chait, is automation after the chait, but he's the one that can return humanity to pre-chait. He can do that. No one else can do it anymore. He's connected to it. He's shaykh to it. He's eligible. And, and going back to the mushal we spoke at last week, it's like the rest of the nations, the rest of the world, those seven nations, finally were disowned. Finally, God said, you know, you guys aren't mine anymore. That's it. I know who you are, but I disown you. Hashem disowned all of humanity. Avram Vinu, although he has been cast out of the palace, so to speak, because he is still born from an Adam, a descendant of an Adam region who is thrown into Gaulus, into exile from Gan Eden. So Avram Vinu is born outside the palace. Avram Vinu is born outside the, the um, corner office where he's supposed to be as the vice president of the corporation. But Hashem still has his uniform hanging in the closet waiting for Avram to come back. Avram hasn't been disowned. He's still Hashem's son. He's the only one now that is Hashem's son. He's the only one that's, that's capable of coming back. Nobody else can come back anymore. They've been disowned. They're, they are not viewed anymore as sons of the king, sons of the CEO, people that can come back. And that's why when we talk about Hashem's descendants, who are Hashem's sons, Hashem's spiritual slash biological slash, slash spiritual sons, we are Hashem's sons. We are Hashem's children. Goyim are not called Hashem's children. So how come Goyim... Well, one second. They're not called Hashem's children. We are called Hashem's children. Bini b'chayri Yisrael. Why are we Hashem's children and the Goyim are not? Because we haven't been disowned. We can still return to pre-chait state. We can bring humanity back to what it looked like before Adam Rishon sinned. We can, we can do that. And that means we're still Hashem's sons. We may have been thrown out of the palace. We've thrown very, very far, but Hashem's waiting for us to come back. He didn't get rid of our uniform. He didn't get rid of our, our, our attire, our crown, our, our royal garb. It's still there. All the Gaim are no longer Hashem's sons. That's what happened by the Migdal Bavel. They're, they're, they've been disowned. They don't, they're not related to HaKadosh Baruch anymore. Okay, have a nice life. Hatzlach Rabba. You guys are on your own. Literally. And, 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 and it's a one-way door that they went through. And there, there's no turning back. The turnstile only goes in one direction. Yes? So how come Gaim can do Geiros? Oh, good. That's coming up. Excellent. Good for you. Yasha, you hit it on the head. That was a good one. That's exactly the next paragraph. Yasha is asking over here, so what, what, what's Geiros? How does Geiros work? Conversion. If that's it, they're disowned. How can they come back? Doesn't make sense in Lambdas. You're asking a Lambdash question. So Lambdash Sefer, Ramchal has a Lambdash Ateritz. But that is the question of the hour that needs to be asked. How, if, they're, if they're locked into a state of failure, they fell, downfall, they should never be able to come back again. That's it. They've been disowned. They've been disowned. You come knocking at the door. I don't know who you are. Get out of here. How can there be a concept of the gears? Has it worked? That's coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That'll probably be tomorrow, which is the day after today. Not going to be today. Let's, let's, let's go further here. Let's go further. Um... Everyone hears what's going on over here. Now, this is like to appreciate what it means to be a Yid Rabbi site. Now we understand what the Ramchal said when he began. We are fundamentally, qualitatively different than Goyim. We are the only remaining vestiges of humanity. We're not, but not more than vestiges. We are the only representatives in humanity, even though we make up 0.02% of the world's population. We are that 0.02% that's still eligible and qualified to bring humanity back to pre-chate. No one else can do that. 99.98% of the world is locked into automation in a state of downfall, failure, and can't get back to pre-chate. Can't. 
We are the only ones that can, and that's because we were born to Avram Avinu. That's beautiful. Okay, let's go on. Vinitan loy, it was given to Avram Avinu loyti enough of kafichukai to produce branches based on who he was, which means he decided to seize the moment and and to bear the the torch of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and to say, I'm the one that's going to. I'm interested in you, Hashem. I'm interested in repairing the damage that was done by Adam Rishon. Now all of his children, based on that decision, follow suit with that decision. Now the Ramchal finally plays all his cards. If we didn't have what he was going till now, he spells it after us. That's, the rest of the world is now rent into 70 different nations. And those are the 70 nations that are 70 different takes on post-chait. 70 different takes on man in a state of failure. That's scary, but that's what the 70 nations are. You do each one with their functioning, with their characteristics, how they work, based on where those individuals were holding at the time of the Migdal bubble, each one in their individual, individualized state, they produce descendants based on that. Again, what unites all of them, they're all locked into autumn post in man in a state of downfall, fallen from grace. Yisrael, the descendants of Avram Avinu, are the ones that are, represent mankind who can return to his state of grace, to his state of tikkun, to his state of perfection. And they're still shaykh, they're still connected to that. By the Migdal Bavl, when Avram emerges on one side and the seven nations go the other way, it, the, 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 it's locked in, the, the, the uh, doors are shut, and no longer can anyone decide that I also want to be from that. Called Echad, um, now, world events and world history begins playing itself out for the next 6,000 years, or to the end of 6,000 years, to, to, to bring us towards Mashiach. Now, we set into motion world history. So what the Rebbein Shalom is saying, is, what the Rebbein is saying, um, on behalf of the Rebbein Shalom, what the Rebbein is saying over here, is up until the Migdal Bavel, up until the, the, area of, of the era of the Tower of Bavel, um, up until that point in history, there was a certain malleability going on in the world. The world was malleable. The world had some flexibility. The world was in flux up until the time of the Migdal Bavel. And the world could have entirely become Klai Yisrael. Most of the world, the, the, the entire world had the ability to make them those people that are going to repair the Chet of Adam Rishon. So up until Migdal Bavel, the whole world was still in flux, and, and flexible, and malleable. After Migdal Bavel, it gets locked in. There's no more malleability, no more flexibility. Either you're a member of Kleisel, or you're a member of the Gaim, and Kleisel is going one way, the Gaim is going a different way. There's no flexibility anymore. Things are locked in. Things are locked in. You know, persons, you know, in college, going working for a bachelor's, then working for a master's, at some point in time, you still have some flexibility to choose your where you're gonna your, where you where you're gonna specialize, what are you what are you going to uh, specialize in, what are you going to um, uh, what are you going for, right? You're gonna be a lawyer, you're gonna be a doctor, you're going to be as, as someone human uh, public relations, negotiations, business. Everyone needs the same prerequisites, 
there's a certain amount of flexibility that comes to a certain point that a person gets so developed in his career that it's too late. You can't decide 10 years into medical school that you want to be a lawyer. You can't decide, you know, 10 years into law practice you want to be a doctor. It's too late. You locked yourself into a certain career path. That was your decision. The beginning of a person's schooling and tutelage, there's flexibility. There comes a point that he gets locked in. It's exactly what's happening over here, but on a level of humanity, a level of mankind, on a qualitative spiritual level, that there was a state of flux, and then the doors get closed. That being said, we can now appreciate something unbelievable. Something unbelievable. We know that the world's going to last 6,000 years. Of those 6,000 years, we are at the very least in the year 5782, we may be even further along. The um, historians talk about the block of time that seems to be missing. There's a big discussion about this. hundred and some odd missing years during the times of actually, the, during the, 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 the times of Paras and in fact, that this is where these years seem to be missing. Whole discussion about that. Um, before Achashverosh, after Achashverosh, whatever, however you approach those discrepancies, but we're at the very least in the year 5782, of the 6,000 years of this world. And the Gemara Sanhedrin says of the 6,000 years of this world, it's divided into three eras, three epochs. There's three eras. Three blocks of 2,000 years. Says the Gemara, 2,000 years of Toihu, 2,000 years of Torah, and 2,000 years of Mashiach. Toihu, Torah, and Mashiach. Now, the final 2,000 years of 2,000 years of Mashiach, that means prep- preparing mankind for Mashiach, getting the world ready for Mashiach, and that's the, that corresponds to from the destruction of the Second Temple when the Kleisel goes into the final Gullus. Kleisel is scattered amongst the, in the entire world, getting the world ready for Mashiach. The first block of 2000 and the second block of 2000, i.e. the first 4,000, is separated into two chunks of 2000, 2,000 years of Toihu and 2,000 years of Toira. What's Toihu and Toira? Well, Toira, we know what Toira is. Toira means when there's Toira in the world, when there's a legacy and, and, and dissemination of Torah, of values, of Hashem's values, that's Torah. What does it mean 2,000 years of Toihu? What does Toihu mean? Toihu, Toihu means chaos. 2,000 years of chaos, but what does that mean? 2,000 years of chaos? Chaos really just means things are in flux. Things are not set. Things are not firmly established yet. The first 2,000 years of this world are 2,000 years of Toihu because the world has not been established yet. It's in flux. And Rabbi Isai, The first 2,000 years, and when we hit year 2,000, this corresponds with when they made the Migdal Bavel. The Migdal Bavel was made at that very time when the world hit the 2,000-year mark. And um, they have these handy-dandy chumashim over here. They give, they give us the... Here. When was the Tower of Bavel made? In the year 1,996. 2,000 years into world history is when the Migdal bubble was made. Avram Avinu was in his 50s then. That's when the world hits the 2,000-year mark. That's Toyu, because up... Why is it called Toyu? Because up until that point in time, all of humanity could have been Klyistral. All of humanity is in flux. We could all have been Klyistral. We hit the 2,000-year mark. The Migdal bubble, Toyra. Now... The world is locked into two different Mahalchim. Either you with Avram Vino, that's Torah. It now coalesces and crystallizes into Torah. And that's Avram Vino moving forward, marching forward. Avram Vino is the only one that makes it out on the other side. 
And the rest of humanity is locked into not Torah. Okay, that's 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 an amazing connection. And that's that's the deeper understanding of what's going on over here in the Ramchal, the Migdal Bubble, and, and Tayu, when Tayu emerges into Torah. That's what's what's meant by Tayu, and that's what the Ramchal means, that the world was in a state of malleability and flexibility. Now, if all the 70 nations would have decided to have followed suit and done what Avram did and championed Hashem's values, so what would have happened to Avram? Avram wouldn't have been a Yid. Of course Avram would have been a Yid. We would have had more, more Yidin. We would have had... We would have had 70 nations. We would have had one nation. It would have been Aguda Echas, Lasseis, Ritzainoi, Belev of Shalem. We would have had everyone becoming Klai Yisrael. Everyone who would have been Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael would have been much, much, much bigger, much greater, much wider. Yet, Avram is the only one that chooses to do it. And, 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 and that decision now affects all of us since. Let's continue. The Nimsa comes out. Shava, Pishalachura, Nira, Inyanoi, Atzav, Inyan, Even though. When we look now, the before and after mankind seems to be identical. Man didn't change. We're still the same people, the same human beings. That's only on the outside. The exterior, we look the same as the guy, and we look identical. But MS ain't okay, but it's not really that way at all. Until the Migdal bubble, that was an elemental time, a form, a formative time, a creational time, a time of flexibility in mankind. And events... We're, 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 we're set into motion based on that. Everyone had the ability to choose what they would look like in a formative, creational way. When we hit the 2,000-year mark and the Migdal bubble time arrives, that's when things are locked in, as according to Hashem's system of justness and justice. We move from the Shirish to the Anaf, from the source to the product and from the progenitor to the progeny and that's where we're holding still now we're in a time of the progeny we're all progeny of Adam Rishon okay that, that's amazing there's quite a lot going on over here we have to really process this wrap our heads around this but I want to speak out one more point to help us understand this um, that is what does it mean exactly to have the 70 nations what does it mean 70 different nations 70 different spins what does that mean exactly? How do we understand 70 nations? It would seem that you're either with us or against us. Either you're part of Avram, you know. It would seem there's only two options. A man that can return to Prichet or a man that can't return to Prichet. What's the 70 nations? What's 70? Where's that coming from? And also, why should it be that they now have the ability to make themselves into Shairashim and Anofim? We understand Avram is a Shairish and his children are the Anofim to his Shairish because now his children will also have the ability to come to return before the Chet. How do his descendants have the... Uh, what about the 70 nations? What's the idea of them being creational, them being formative, them being source material for their descendants? What is that supposed to mean? And we'll leave this at, uh, off on a cliffhanger. We'll continue with these questions tomorrow and we'll go further to Simon Dalid and we'll see a little bit also about Gerim. Converts, how that works in Lumbus, how that fits in, the answer to Yash's question, all that and more at Boisite tomorrow. Thank you for joining. Everyone should have a wonderful today. I have another question. How come when Avram decided that he was going to follow Hashem, it became the generation of Tyra if the Tyra was only given like two or three hundred years later? Because um, Avram Avinu has the Torah already. He discovered the Torah. It just wasn't... Um, Officially released. Yeah. I guess it was It was the director's cut, maybe. But uh, what it was, it wasn't binding yet. 
but it was already there in potential form.